It is my absolute pleasure to stand here today. My name is Jared Walsh. Welcome to Jackson Square. On behalf of the Adelaide United Football Club and Comwire IT, it's another brilliant opportunity for everybody to connect and reflect in these business series. Before we do go any further, and it's really important to acknowledge that we are on Ghana land this morning, ladies and gentlemen. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present, and ongoing connection to the land and their cultural beliefs. We have a lot of people we would like to thank for being here today, for choosing to spend your Friday morning with us here. Um, first of all, to the representatives from Flinders University, from Kite Property, from RAA, UCAN, McDonald's, Triple M and SAFM, SA Power Networks and NW Group. Thank you very much for partnering up with Adelaide United and of course, Comwire for their ongoing support. We would also like to acknowledge this morning Deputy Vice-Chancellor at Flinders University, Romy Lawson, um, Interim Executive Executive Director at Flinders University, Sarah Walsh, Marketing Manager, South Australia at McDonald's, Alex Karapetis, CEO at Pride Cup Australia, James Lolocato, uh, General Manager at Feast Festival, Helen Sheldon, Executive General Manager, Inclusion and Social Policy at AFL, Tanya Hosh, General Manager at AEC and CS, Phil King, CEO at Committee for Adelaide, Bruce Jitte, Managing Partner at Deloitte, Andrew Cully, Former Matilda Moya Dodd, Greens Minister, the Honourable Robert Sims, MLC, Federal Opposition Minister, the Honourable Ian Hunter, MLC, Vice President of Operations, Adelaide at Network 10, Frank Velossi, and Shadow Minister for Recreation, Sport and Racing, Katrine Hildyard, MP. If I haven't officially welcomed anybody else today, welcome. Uh, everybody is important in being here today. It's quite fitting as well that Jackson Square is a uh, former panel beaters, which we are in here today. It's a beautiful setup. It's fitting, speaking of panel beaters, that uh, we're playing Central Coast tomorrow in the A-League men's competition who uh, have, uh, you know, a little bit of history against us and they have a point to prove. But in the A-League women's competition, of course, we are playing Melbourne Victory, which is the original rivalry. But it's really important to reflect on the reason that we gather here today. Um, if you do need to use a bathroom, that is not the reason why we're gathering here today to use a bathroom. It's over this side, so you'll know what to do and help yourself to the food. Um, I think like we are at that point in life where for the past two years we, we have lacked connection and now we can gather face to face and have these opportunities to do things like this. And earlier on, um, as we were heading towards the back end of 2021, we all had that moment where we were like, oh wow, I know exactly where I was when a certain moment happened. And this happens in life now because life is about moments. And I'm sure you can all remember the, the moment where you saw Josh Cavallo being courageous enough to speak out to the world, being pride of his sexuality and, and showing that he actually was courageous enough to do it on behalf of a football club that was courageous enough to support it. It was a moment which sent shockwaves through the world, basically, of the most beautiful kind. And for me, to be able to be standing on this stage today and represent Adelaide United, it's one of the most proudest moments that I've had because to be part of a football club that's so inclusive for a moment like that and supportive of a young man who was courageous enough to do that and to inspire people around the world and ultimately save lives because without being too dramatic, this is what happened when Josh Cavallo made the decision to speak openly to the world about his sexuality. He saved lives. To see the response from around the world, to see people showing their support, their understanding, their education, 
I think it speaks volumes of the leadership of the club behind the scenes, the players, the coaches, right down from the owners to the CEO to the community to all be here today and commercially for the commercial partners of Adelaide United to be supportive, to be understanding, to want to get better, to want to learn and to stick with us as we head into the matches this weekend, which I'm going to speak about. So on behalf of the club, thank you very much for being here today and being on this journey with us. Can you please give yourselves a huge round of applause? LGBTI plus people want to feel connected, they want to thrive, and they want to feel accepted. And this weekend, the Adelaide United Football Club, alongside Pride Cup, we have a Pride game. There's going to be two of them. Tomorrow, as I said, in the Liberty A-League Women's Competition, we are taking on Melbourne Victory and following on from that in the Isuzu Ute A-League Men's Competition, the Central Coast Mariners. Our teams that we are playing against, as much as we like to talk about the opposition and take the piss out of them a little bit, which is something that I do, and hopefully I don't get into trouble afterwards... It also speaks volumes to them for wanting to be part of this too because they want to continue growing that message. This is the first time something like this has been done across the A-Leagues and football around the world and in Australia especially. So we need to really focus on that. To the representatives of Pride Cup, thank you very much as well for your assistance in helping educate us because this is something I think that we could get to tomorrow and in the lead up and having a look at the announcement from Josh and the words from our skipper in the A-League women's team in Izzy Hodgson and think, yep, this is just something that we are going to do and it's going to be there. But the important thing is for us as a club, it's not just a token gesture. It's not just a tip of the hat. This is starting a conversation of acceptance and education and support and continuing that message. It's not a one-off. We want to continue doing that. And that's why you can see the effort from our content team, our digital, our media team at Adelaide United, that we want to continue supporting this and supporting young Australians and the flow on for young people around the world of how we can be more supportive and inclusive. Big thanks as well to Flinders University and McDonald's. Two huge brands, Flinders University, have been the front of our shirt for the last couple of seasons, which we know the importance of having a front of shirt sponsor, but it means so much more than that. And a big global brand like McDonald's to be on board with this, we know that commercially there are probably elements of risk when there is so much unknown and there are so many things when it comes to taking a plunge like this where it shouldn't be like that, this should be the normal but for you to associate your brands with this weekend, we are extremely grateful. We are going to show a video in a second, and then we are going to hear some, uh, some pretty inspiring people. And I want to ask the, the questions that probably a lot of you are thinking as well. How we got to these matches, how the lead-up got to, and what are we going to expect tomorrow? I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to turn your attention to the big screen so we can have a look at how we got to here today. In any sport, everyone is welcome, but it's something that we often forget about. And for me, through my coming out, we've raised awareness of we want to make everyone feel welcomed and involved. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl or if you're gay or straight. It doesn't matter what background you come from or what race you're from. Everyone's welcomed in football. And this is a prime example of how successful you can be from that. Those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And I think that's the biggest thing is that the people who maybe care that I was gay, they don't matter in my life because they don't obviously love me for me and those who I really love, they, they didn't mind at all.
know what I love about what we see on the screens in this whole process and something that the Adelaide United Club have spoken about? This is an opportunity for connection, togetherness, to remove the negative connotations surrounded by sexuality. But I've loved the opportunity to sit down with my mum, who grew up in country Victoria, and talk to her about this. Because it's, there's one thing about us as a club attracting new members of our community and providing a safe, inclusive space for them to support football. But as a club, we pride ourselves on saying it's more than football. So it's not just about engaging a new community of people, but it's re-educating and re-inspiring our current community and sitting down and having these conversations. And I think it's a really beautiful thing to be able to do that. And hopefully we'll get into a position where we're celebrating this weekend and we are celebrating everything beautiful about this inclusivity. But myself, I talk about the fact that I've got two young daughters a fair bit. When they grow up, this is going to be normal. This is going to be just part of life and part of society and as it should be. To tell us more, ladies and gentlemen, can you please put your hands together for the CEO of Pride Cup, James Lollicato, CEO of Adelaide United, Nathan Cosmina and former Matilda Moya Dodd to say a few words. It's, very, it's a very formal setting here. I've just realised now that people can see the socks that I wore to bed last night, which is totally fine. Uh, they're not funny. They've got alpacas on them. Okay, so um, my mum gave them to me because, uh, full transparency, my um, my family's in isolation, so I'm staying at my mum's house, and I've just come back from interstate, so my mum gave me socks to wear last night. <laughs> Moya, let's talk about this. This is a, it's a momentous occasion tomorrow where I, I really think the, the global football community is going to be watching what happens at Cooper Stadium. For um, This time last year, we were celebrating the fact that our uh, men's and women's team get to play a doubleheader. And that's, that's fantastic in itself, but tomorrow is really special. Can you talk to us about the feelings that you have about what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, it's just incredible to see Adelaide taking centre stage in the world, really. I mean, this is a world first. And here it is coming from my hometown, Adelaide. Um, it's nice to be famous for something other than weird murders and, and stuff like that. I mean, I, I studied law at Adelaide Uni and all the criminal evidence cases were from South Australia. You know, there was always a, there was a body in a bank vault and there were, the, you know, the Beaumont children. So I sort of grew up with that. And, and of course, you, you'll probably remember um, George Duncan, the, the law lecturer, who was drowned in the Torrens 50 years ago, I think, uh, in March next month. And... You know, I, I, going to law school, you, I, I would cross that bridge, that footbridge, and walk over to training at, uh, on the other side of the river and think of that guy who, who was a, a gay man who came out to be a law lecturer in Adelaide from England and six weeks later he was dead, having been uh, murdered by being pushed into the river. So, you know, to go from there to here where not only is it a great thing for Adelaide to celebrate, a great thing for the club, a great thing for the players in both the men's and the women's team, but it's also something where Adelaide has stepped up and been a world leader and that's, you know, that's a terrific feeling. And for um, those in our community, I think there's a, there's a big difference between being you know, um, well, coming from a place where there would be active discrimination and insults and uh, gay bashings. I mean, let's not forget the number of people who've died uh, in Australia uh, because of their sexuality. Um, and, and to go from there to a place where you're kind of tolerated and you can fit in, but it's on you to fit in. Um, other people aren't really getting you and you can... But you can kind of... You keep your head down and 
don't make a big thing of it, then you know you you, you can avoid those bad outcomes. To a place where you're actually accepted for who you are and you can belong. There's a big difference between being tolerated and, and, and actually belonging, being welcomed. So I think that's the point that we're now getting to and it's very exciting. James is the, the CEO of Pride Cup. Can you talk about uh, what this means for you and your organisation, but also, and I don't know if there's an answer to this question, but why has it taken so long to do something like this? Yeah, I think for me, I last night, just for a quick story, last night my family and I came down to Cooper Stadium to see the rainbow flags flying because five years ago, working with other sports, we could not get a rainbow flag to fly anywhere. Um, and when we did, it was still kind of hidden away. Um, some sports have come to the forefront since then, but nothing like what we're about to see tomorrow. Um, and I'm lucky enough to know what's going on there. And for me, I remember as soon as I looked at those rainbow flags, it brings me back to when I was a 13-year-old kid at high school, being openly gay and realising that sport wasn't the safest place for me. Um, homophobic comments were thrown around more than what the ball was, and it shot me down so much that I found it easiest to just stop playing sport altogether. And now I'm coming back as a 29-year-old, watching rainbow flags flying and three teams about to get out into the field to celebrate celebrate LGBTI inclusion um, and I think what would that mean to me as a 13 year old and what would it mean to the 15% of LGBTI community in Adelaide who are coming down to the game who are going to feel safe for the very first time. Um, we know that 80% of LGBTI young people aren't involved in sport because of the fear of discrimination. We know that only 6% of LGBTI young people are involved in a team sports in comparison to around 72% of those outside of the community. We're going to get that. We're going to change that. And we're going to make sure that everybody feels welcome within their communities. And this game is the first step to do it. But that background work that Adelaide United has been doing is what's really going to make the ripple effects that will change the community forever. Can I ask you about the ripple effect then because we uh, I spoke earlier about us knowing where we were when we saw the video from Josh Cavallo come out and I, I, I know personally that when I saw the video I thought that's awesome great as simple as that but everybody also has their own reaction when it comes to the ripple effect so f for you personally and throughout Pride Cup can you talk about how globally big that was in regards to the connection with sport yeah, what it did was allow people to feel seen. For the first time, I could look at a sports person on the field who looked like me, who loved like me, um, who was me, who was playing an elite-level competition that I thought I would never get the opportunity to do. It was similar to when marriage equality was passed, and I knew for the first time that I could get married as a gay man. For some reason, when I saw an openly gay player playing soccer, playing football, sorry, everybody, um, I... I thought that I could do that too. And millions of young Australians are going to feel the same and did feel the same. And we saw the support. We also saw a little bit of negative backlash, but we saw the support that came for Josh um, because people can finally see themselves on the field that they never were able to before. Nathan, can you talk to us about the lead-up and the catalyst for the matches tomorrow? Um, obviously, it's beautiful to see the flags flying at Cooper Stadium, which is, you know, a big thing in itself because we like to see the Coopers branding everywhere, but then the, the flags are out there, which is fantastic. Um, 
I'm sure there's been a lot of background discussion and lead up to this. So what was the catalyst to have a celebration tomorrow surrounded um, by football? Yeah, well, the, the obvious catalyst was 27 October last year when Josh came out. I think it was probably about six weeks prior that, that Josh told the coaches and then myself and a long planning process. Um, I think outside of, I think his parents, Ross and Carl, were the, and his brother, Ross and Carl, were the, the first to know. And then we started planning for the announcement. And um, uh, Josh was working with, with a manager from the US who's helped a couple of US athletes through a similar process. And uh, we thought we were prepared for, for the response. Um, talking about where you were, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the car coming back from Playford after we'd just told the playing group and Josh had addressed them, which for me was one of, I think definitely is, most emotional experiences in my professional life, being there for that and just seeing the joy and the support from the playing group that Josh received was was overwhelming. Then after that came came the the, the viral nature of the announcement, and we thought, okay, we'll get some, you know, a couple of big names, you know, maybe out there supporting. And then um, during the day, the US kind of picked it up first. Um, obviously, not as big a footballing nation as or, or continent as. Uh, Europe, and that was some, some big celebrities getting behind it, but then Europe woke up at about 8 o'clock that night and it just went ballistic. Um, and that's when, I mean, we knew at the time, but that's when for us it's like, okay, we've, we've got an obligation here now. Um, as much as Josh's name was global, our club was also global, and we needed to start thinking about, well, what does this mean for Adelaide United? And and our, respons our responsibility as a community-based organisation. And we, we made a conscious effort not to be opportunistic. We didn't want to just leverage, you know, Josh Cavallo's Instagram and Twitter followers to get our brand out there or promote a commercial message. We were quite considered and actually made a point of stepping back for quite a period of time. And uh, that said, the discussion around a pride game uh, Vito Bazile uh, brought it up yesterday. We're actually looking back through how this all came together and it was October 31 that we started talking about a game and, and I earmarked this date as a double header and that's basically been what the last three months have been, working very closely with James. I'll thank James for, for all his support because there's been a massive learning for us. I mean, we, we were at the forefront of the announcement and understand the reasons why Josh did it, but understanding the depths of what it means for the community and the story that James tells is very similar to what Josh told. Uh, for Josh, it was, I can't be a footballer and be a gay man. They, 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 they don't go together. That is impossible. And that was, I think, the relief for him that he realised that I can do that now and I can be a professional athlete um, whilst also being who I am. What was interesting and I think shouldn't be forgotten is that Izzy Hodgson um, said basically the opposite and it speaks to, to uh, the difference between uh, women's elite sport and men's elite sport. Football for her was actually a safe space. If you look at the video and interviews she did earlier in the week, um, that was where she, she felt most comfortable. Um, so I think it sort of culminated in tomorrow being uh, the first of, of you know, hopefully a number of legacy pieces around it, but it's sort of celebrating how much work and how inclusive our women's game, I think, probably is, but also driving awareness that we've got a long way to go on the men's side, whilst this is great for Josh, 
I think the real work starts beneath the professional level and making sure that, you know, when James is playing junior football or Josh is, that those 13-year-old boys and girls feel comfortable to, to live out their dreams. Before I, I talk to you, Moyer, about the matches tomorrow, Nathan, I wanted to, I guess, address the, the fact that um, there's always going to be people that probably need more education. So when the announcement happened... Um, yeah, of course, there's, there's going to be a lot of overwhelming support, but we also live in a society where people need more education and time to process this because it's so unfamiliar for them. That comes down to members, um, community, fans, social media, which we know is a cesspit of random people when it needs to be anyway that just like to have a voice anonymously. But also commercially, it may... Um, provide a pathway to have an interesting discussion with sponsors. Can you, can you talk about how you navigate through that when you need to um, explain that to sponsors that also have another community of people that they need to be mindful of their own community? Well, I think it's all about education and, and, and that's where then the, speaking to the, the need for sort of a deeper message, it's not just about photos of uh, Josh and Izzy or rainbow numbers. I mean, but what does that actually mean? And I think we kind of experienced where there's some shortcomings at, a, at a, the game where Josh was abused a few months ago. Um, the sort of casual homophobic slurs, you know, having grown up here in Adelaide and, um, you know, this thing that was kind of a, in sport, there are things you'd hear from the stands all the time, be it our sport or other sports. And I think that's something where people need to realise, and a lot of work's been done and awareness has been created um, around on the, on the racism side of things. We've experienced that as well, um, both on the field and on social media. Um, but I don't think, with regards to education of fans and supporters, and, and James and Josh have both spoken about that when we've had discussions, that what that means if, if, this, if, if a gay man or woman is sitting next to someone that starts hurling homophobic abuse onto the pitch and how that makes people feel. So this is the first step, and it's the same for the organisations that partner with us, and I want to take a moment to thank um, Flinders and McDonald's, both long-time partners for supporting this game, but then also for Comwire for, for supporting this event and allowing us to host this this morning. Um, it means a lot to have corporate support and it helps us drive that message that much deeper. So this is, is the start. Tomorrow I think our fans will hopefully see a different game day and have a different experience. It's more inclusive but it's going to be a longer term um, priority for us and, and hopefully you know, opens up new audiences to our game. So to yourself, Moyer, and then uh, to James, I think the, the word that Nathan used then which really stands out and I'm glad that it's not and it's opportunistic because there's I guess uh, in the past there may have been different organisations or sporting communities that may have gone, this is the right look for us, we're doing this because it's a good look, but then doesn't follow through with anything else. So it, it feels to me that tomorrow and what's happened with Josh and Izzy we need to say as well, because it, when, uh, it, as Nathan said, that it is Izzy's safe place for um, women probably more so. Tomorrow seems to be the start of further education, further conversations and for, uh, further celebrations. What would you like to see following on from the matches tomorrow? I think it's the impact for people that, that for individuals that matters. I mean, of course, there's an impact at club level sponsors. I mean, what a gift to sponsors is Josh Cavallo. Like, this must have been like manna from heaven for them, really. Um, there's no brand damage in that being associated with, with pride anymore. 
Um, but I think what it means for individuals, I think it's the, the people who you don't hear from who are watching, who uh, have felt that they had to compartmentalise their life. Um, you know, they're worried about running into their boss if they come out of, uh, pop out of a restaurant on a Friday night or um, feel like they just, you know, worried that the water cooler conversation is going to ask them what they did on the weekend and, and they, they have this sort of whole secret life at home. Imagine being married and not telling anyone at your work that you have a partner at home, having a whole sort of secret partner at home. I mean, it's just, it, it just chips away at your soul. And if people can be relieved of that burden, then I think that's, that's a huge achievement. And you won't be able to measure it, you won't necessarily know it, but there'll be a lot of people out there who... Um, just can walk a bit, a bit, a bit more lightly uh, as as they come into Monday, and that'll and that'll be a great thing. What about yourself, James? We uh, I spoke to Josh um, a short time after um, his announcement, and to see like the obvious burden that was lifted from his shoulders, but also you think about that, and then, then as he openly spoke about the burden that he was carrying, going into an environment every day, trying to do something that he loved, but he needed to put a mask on every day. Um, so tomorrow, uh, obviously, Josh needs to perform on the football field because that's what he's paid to do and that's his job. But also, he now is in a position where he can interlock who he is with what he does for a job, which is a beautiful thing because there are so many people in professions that are able to do that now. So for someone like Josh tomorrow and Izzy to continue the conversation and some of her teammates... Um, do you find that tomorrow, again, is just the celebration and starting point to continue this journey? Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, I would be amiss if I didn't acknowledge all the work that's gone into getting this game happening. Um, to be fair, Nathan, Marius and team have pretty much said yes to every single thing that we've asked them. Um, and I know it hasn't been easy for them. That includes education for Cooper's Stadium staff um, and all security staff as well to understand what the game means tomorrow and to make sure there's a zero discrimination approach. Um, tomorrow will be one of the first times that if you use homophobic language, you will be kicked out of Cooper Stadium um, and there'll be no questions asked. If you use transphobic language, you will be kicked out. Um, and then the education pieces we've done with the teams, with the players, but even for then Adelaide United to give back to Pride Cup. And for those that don't know, we run 370 games throughout community clubs across Australia, the most regional of towns you could think about doing something similar to what's happening there. And the aim is for exactly how you started this, for you to go home and speak to your family about what this means, for you to start those conversations, for allies to come in who don't understand that LGBTI people are hurting at the moment. We've been through two weeks almost straight of a religious discrimination bill that's gone through and LGBTI people are hurting. They're feeling so unwanted and unloved. And do you know what we're doing tomorrow? We're putting a nine metre rainbow flag on Cooper Stadium to make sure that they feel appreciated, loved and wanted. Um, and it's something that's needed so much at the moment. Um, and I think if we can then go home and tell these stories to our kids, to our grandkids, to our families, to our friends and share the education with them, that's how we're going to create those ripple effects. So then it's not just going to be one Josh and one Izzy. It's going to be teams of LGBTI people who are just there to play the game that they love and to feel included and accepted. And we haven't seen that yet in sport, but we're getting there. I want to add something about uh, trans people as well. And it's often forgotten that the T's there for a good reason. And you may not know many trans people, you may not know any trans people, but you know, to see a bill come forward supposedly protecting women's sport 
by stopping trans people from participating in it is just, I mean, th there is just no logical connection between those two things. Um, I've played against trans people in two codes of football. I, I have a secret Aussie rules um, life as well, or I did have before my knees fell apart. Uh, and, you know, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. So I, I just want to say to trans people that they are welcome in sport. And if people really want to protect women's sport, um, there's a lot of things they could do, like fund it properly or make sure that they're getting equal resourcing uh, other than pass bills to exclude um, trans people from sport. I want to say too that women's sport, I, I think, um, you know, while, while Josh, Josh's, Josh's story has highlighted um, some really interesting differences between men's and women's sport for the gay community. I think uh, women's sport has always been considered, you know, for, for butch lesbians and, you know, people... Like, it was really run down a long time and suffered from homophobia for the entire sport and, and held back. You know, sponsors were like, ooh, really? Oh, I don't think so. No, that's not really our image. That's not a nice family image. So women would feel... Uh, pressured to sort of look different, uh, to dress different, to put makeup on. I mean, the calendar from 2000, do you remember that? The Matilda's calendar? I mean, all of that, all of that stuff was sort of pressure to heterosexualise women's sports so that it could be attractive to the male gaze. And I think, I'd like to think we've moved on from there, um, but the dynamic is, uh, well, for example, Canberra United had a pride round with rainbow socks and the whole piece back in 2014, which not many people remember, um, and that was what was then called the W League, so I think you can still safely say this is the first A-League pride round. Um, but, you know, it, it just kind of went past unnoticed because, of course, they're women. You know, what would you expect in women's sport? Ha-ha. You know, and, but to actually get respect from that point, I loved what Megan Rapinoe said when... Uh, when the USA team was in the process of winning the World Cup. Um, I think it was Gay Pride Month in Paris and she scored a couple of goals against the French and knocked them out and then went to a press conference and said, you know, no one's ever won the World Cup without gays on the team. Can't be done. That's science right there. <laughs> uh, but it's also true that no one's ever won the World Cup with straights on the team. So um, for those who are feeling a little threatened by all of this, um, I want to say to you that there's no need to. Uh, the fact that a disadvantaged group or a discriminated group is getting a little bit of love um, doesn't mean that you're not. And what it does mean is that there's a lot more love to go around. You are a former Matilda. We've just learned a legend of Australian rules football, as you just told us, and uh, an administrator. Um, Football as a sport, what, what do you think now moving forward we probably need to do to continue this message and support? Because you're right in what you said. Like, I think um, I, I loved seeing what Josh did, which was fantastic in a, in a male, alpha male-dominated environment. I'm personally looking forward to see the flow on to go, all right, who's comfortable enough in this space to do this next? We're doing something, as you said, for the first time in the A-Leagues tomorrow. But the dream is to have every club in the A-League's doing something like this because they want to, from a place of authenticity and a genuine care. Where do you think we need to be heading next? You know, ours is a wonderful sport. It's, it's played and loved and watched by more people on this planet than any other. Um, it should be the most open sport. 
in the world. But I think that what Josh has highlighted is that it can be a really sort of hyper-masculine environment where unless you're big and tough and like sort of hitting people and uh, then you're not going to succeed. And I think our um, elite system tends to draw those kids in. So I want to think about the boys for a minute. I mean, there's plenty of little boys out there who don't necessarily want to get involved in a game where, where they have to be like that to be accepted or succeed. So I would like to see this saturate the whole sport um, so that it could just kind of chill out a little bit and not feel like it, it has to be a place of uh, harsh judgement uh, and a place of people trying to prove how tough they are. Of course it's tough in the game, but everything around it doesn't have to be like that. And in that way, it will become more open, not just to women and girls, not just to gays and lesbians and trans people, but also those, you know, straight little boys who just don't want to um, have to be that person in order to participate. I think that would truly be transformative for the game, and I hope the conversation can continue right down to every community club in Australia. Just finally for you, James, do you see this as now an opportunity where football and with Adelaide United and the A-Leagues competition has now provided that safe pathway for people to feel comfortable, um, to educate and to feel welcome? But we as sport in Australia and different codes have a long way to go too. So something that you need to be focusing on as your job is you need to keep that message in that the, the idea of um, safe inclusivity. Yeah, I think Adelaide United was ready for it. That's about it. Um, there's a lot of other clubs and, and codes that we're working with at the moment that are, are nowhere near ready to celebrate Pride without doing their, their backyard first and making sure that, that they're ready um, to celebrate Pride, know what they're going to get from the community because it's not all rainbows, unfortunately. There's a lot of harsh negativity that comes your way when you put on a Pride event, but also understand the reasons why you're doing it. That's the most important first step. And when I met with Nathan and Marius in a, in a cafe six months ago, it was the first question I asked them is, why are you doing this? And if it's just for fans or just to make sure that you look good, that's not the reason why you should be doing it. There's a lot of people hurting that you can help and you can really help save lives. One in two trans people before they get to 18 have attempted suicide. When they're wanted, when they're loved and when they're accepted for who they are, that dr dramatically drops. Um, all we need to be doing is accepting people for who they are to make sure that we can save lives. And as silly as it sounds that tomorrow's game is putting up some rainbows and all the background work behind it will save lives, it really will. Because for the first time in Adelaide, uh, if not Australia, people are going to be seen as wanted uh, and they're going to be seen as celebrated. And that's something that's so important. And it is important for other sports, codes, clubs, communities to understand what the meaning behind these games is before they take it on. And then when they take it on, they too can have those ripple effects as well. Nathan, finally, before we uh, go for a little bit of a break, I spoke to you at the Members Forum uh, a few months ago about, I guess, the, you're a very humble man, but you, you have a look at the pride that you have for your team. So this is through Carl and Ross being able to provide a safe space for Josh to feel comfortable who he is. But... You, you now look at all your commercial partners out here and people that have been involved with the club. Um, it takes a fair bit for them to understand and educate themselves to continue on. You, you have a look at the people out here today, the hardworking staff that you've got at Adelaide United and the words that, that Moira and James have just spoken about. Um, how, how proud are you to be associated and be the CEO of this organisation to do something from a place of um, obviously a genuine authentic purpose to look at tomorrow but to be part of this journey? 
Yeah, I mean, it's just rewarding, you know. It, 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 to James's point around, you know, whether I'm proud that, that James can say that we were ready to host it, and to to his point around, it's not a branding exercise. I've been really conscious of that. I, 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 it frustrates me when when organisations just will, will jump on a bandwagon or as tokenistic support. Um, for us. It's about much more than that, and that's why we've been very considered with with how we've approached it, and we've taken lessons from experts as opposed to us saying, "Well, how do we get the most bang for our buck out of this, James? You know, how do we get more people in the stand and sell more corporate boxes or whatever it might be?" The questions that we've been asking, and I think where the legacy lives on beyond this, is okay. Well, what's next? Like, what what actually happens that that doesn't have a camera in front of it? That's the sort of stuff we have a burden to, to make change. And I, for me, it's just thinking about that example of, of James and Josh playing football as, as kids and, and not feeling welcome. Like for me, growing up uh, as, a, as a wannabe you know, footballer, like that was life for me. And to have that taken away through prejudice is a disaster. And I would hate that to happen to my son, you know, who's now going down that journey. As a, as, a, as a young boy, you know. So if what we do after this is really, I think, important, um, how we speak to clubs, um, how we create a, you know, a legacy beyond this. We're working with other A-League clubs for the future and, okay, how do we actually educate them? Not to say that we're experts in the space, but we've actually learned a lot in the last three to six months and how do we share that and make the most of it. So it's, a, um, it's an exciting time to be involved with the club. This is an exciting opportunity for the club, but there's also a big burden that, that we're excited to take on and, and hopefully create a, a legacy long after Josh and Izzy have, have gone on to greener pastures. Nathan, Moya, James, thank you very much for being on the stage with us this morning and uh, educating us and giving such uh, passionate words. We're going to take a short break. We will be back on stage with some more very special guests soon. Enjoy the buffet because we're allowed to now in South Australia. Fab, you have signed off on that. So go eat as much food as you like and we are safe. We are going to continue the Adelaide United business breakfast. Thank you very much to Comwire IT here at Jackson Square. We trust you enjoy all of the food. Uh, at the conclusion of our next panel, you can help yourself and continue eating the delicious food. I would now like to welcome up our next panel of special guests to say a few words here on this Friday morning. Can you please put your hands together for Market Manager, SA of McDonald's, Alex Karapetis, and Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Students at Flinders University, Romy Lawson. Morning, Alex and Romy. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, we just heard from some pretty inspiring people, Moya, James and Nathan, to talk about um, why we are here today and reflecting on tomorrow. Let's talk commercially for a little bit because obviously um, with McDonald's and Flinders University, two huge brands, global brands as well, to associate with something like this, as, um, as Nathan said, it needs to come from a place of authenticity. It needs to be genuine and not a, not a token gesture. So can, can you both just talk us through about the importance of tomorrow and, and what it means to have your brands associated with it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought the three before were, were excellent. I thought it was a, a, an excellent intro, I think, into the conversation from our perspective. So I think commercially, when Adelaide United sort of approached us about um, being a part of what, what is Pride Cup tomorrow um, and the Pride game, we, we jumped at it. Um, 
you, you look at our brand and we are in a thousand restaurants in, in the country, we've got 110,000 employees. So we've, we, we obviously trade in a, an incredibly diverse um, range of restaurants and range of areas. So for us, um, inclusion and diversity is just a part of our values and, and, and definitely when Adelaide United come and bring a, an opportunity like this, that, this to us, um, it just makes sense for us to be able to be a part of it and, and we love the fact that we've got a, a sponsorship with a club that has values that liken much to Wales. Yeah, values is a great word to be using and, you know, this really aligns with the values of Flinders University. I, I think, you know, the reason we're so delighted to be involved is because this does make a difference. And you could talk at a corporate level, but I don't really want to because it's not about the corporate thing. But corporately, you know, having diversity in an organisation and that inclusion makes a real difference. Who wants an organisation that's run by stale, pale, straight males? Let's have diversity there and let's get that contrast in the room. And also we want to educate people, you know, about diversity in education. We're a university, that's what it's all about. But I think it makes a difference on the personal level. You know, and I can tell you that one of the hardest things when you realise you're gay is feeling alone. And that causes great mental health distress to a lot of people and sometimes ends in tragedy. And you have to start telling people if you want to start living your life. Now, we've got the example of, you know, back in October of, you know, Josh telling the world about it. But in reality, you don't come out once. You're coming out all the time. I rang, I've just moved to Adelaide, rang the doctors recently to say I want to register. Yes, you and your husband come along. And, you know, no, my wife. You know, talking to parents at the school ground, no, I'm the other mother. I'm not just a friend or an auntie. It, it's this all the time. So, so you have to recognise that that is the journey that you go on as a gay person. And if you can walk into organisations that you know you will be readily accepted, that nothing will change because you're gay and because you tell people you're gay, it makes a difference. And that's why this is important. Seems like it's a... It's a natural fit to both of your brands too, though, because um, Alex, you were saying, you know, with, with so many stores around Australia and globally, you would have employees and consumers that are from all different backgrounds. And we, we talk about ethnicity, sexuality, everything. So that's, as you said, it's, a, it's inclusivity. It's the same with Flinders University, students, teachers, families. So for you both to associate with this, I'm sure it wasn't a, a huge step in a different direction to go, oh, we're going to try something different. This, it, it almost seems like the coming together of these brands to, to show what we believe in. And for me, it's, it's just naturally a, a great fit for existing um, relationships with Adelaide United. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I said before around the fact that our values are in, inclusion is one of them. Um, and, and from our perspective... We, as I said, 110,000 employees around the country, we've got to be based around that. Um, we need to be inclusive and, and, and we need to make sure that we create an environment where, I think the word was said, around safety. You know, we, we want our, our restaurants to feel safe for our customers and our crew to feel uh, wanted and welcome into those environments because it is critical for, for us and, and, and we need to create that environment for our people. So th this was just a really obvious connection for us and we, we couldn't be prouder to be a part of Butter Tomorrow.
Yeah, and, and perhaps just to build on some of the examples of the things that we do at Flinders University to try and, you know, meet those values and behaviours that we have um, of, of inclusion and, and trying to make the safe, a safe space for students and for staff. I mean, I think one thing that you can do is being visible. And it's great. You work onto campus and there's a rainbow flag flies there. You know, we have really nice steps painted in both rainbow colours and transgender colours. We had, when we knew, we all had to start wearing masks. We got pride masks made so students and staff can wear these with pride so being visible is one thing but that's just the start and someone used the phrase earlier with me about the the rainbow wash you know you have to go deeper if you want to make a difference so what kind of things are we doing that make a difference that we think are a deeper level we have an, an ally network so we have people who very publicly put their hands up to say I want to be an ally I want to be a supporter and they make themselves known they have little rainbow flags on their offices where they work and people know that that's a safe person a safe space to be able to go and connect with and work with and you see them everywhere and as you walk around it makes you smile but then there's other things we actually you know, we've talked about education a lot today. We're educators. Yes, we have to educate people, but we have to educate ourselves as an organization. So it's important that we go and find out things, that we look at data, we look at what's happening. Recently, we've just had um, the National S uh, Student Safety Survey has been recommissioned. It was done three years ago. When it was done three years ago under the Respect Now Always, what we found is with sexual assault and sexual harassment, that if you are gay, you are more more likely to be sexually assaulted or sexually harassed. You know, we have to learn from this information. We have to go out and find out more and find out some of the whys so that we can do things that will make a difference. And I think one of the things that um, is really good and makes a difference is what we call our bystander program. So it's not about doing things just for those people who are gay, but it's actually helping educate people to what do you do when you see things happening? How do you respond? How do you react? Don't always put it back on the person who's gay to have to say, hey, that's not acceptable. Hey, you shouldn't be saying that to me. Be there for people, be their ally, be a bystander that doesn't just watch, but a bystander that speaks up and calls things out and says, we do not accept that within this organisation. And I think that's what I've heard very strongly today that Adelaide United is doing and supporting. And that's why we're so proud to be aligned. Can I ask you both, um, for someone walking past Jackson Square this morning, um, that's not in the room because I take that everybody in this room today is supportive of what is happening tomorrow, which is fantastic. And, and Nathan spoke about that earlier. But for, I guess, advice that you would give if a random person walked past and made the most of the food and the soul good soda water, which they loved, um, I needed to say soul good at least once because I'd keep a sponsor happy. So, how do you encourage businesses to get better and to be more involved in initiatives like this? Because um, Josh, we, we, we speak about Josh, and I don't want to, I certainly don't want to take anything away from Izzy, but Josh's video is the one which went uh, viral and it took a lot of courage, especially in the space of, of men. Um, businesses also would be considering they need to take a courageous leap to show their support due to um, the obvious backlash you may get from people who are not educated enough or may struggle to understand and be progressive enough. So what would you say to businesses or potential commercial partners of how they can get involved? Yeah, I think there's probably three levels. 
by looking after your people, you're going to have a stronger organisation. By having diversity and inclusion, you're going to have a stronger organisation. And if you're recognised as an organisation that does have equity, diversity and inclusion, you're going to draw and attract more business towards yourself. So, you know, it's a win-win-win. And I'd say from our perspective, um, to, to um, cover off there, for, we try to talk about our scale for good as well. So we understand the brand that we are globally um, doing things from our perspective. We like to lead from the front in our, in our industry. And so hopefully from us living and breathing the, the values that we you know, hold dear to what are our crew, our managers and our employees, our licensees and our suppliers, making sure that we lead from the front and hopefully, you know, leaving and bringing, for, bringing our industry with us to, to, to make sure that they follow in the, in the steps that, uh, you know, we start to step out in this space. So, Alex, you're the market manager here in South Australia. Does this mean now that you have the ability to, after tomorrow and the success of tomorrow, we know tomorrow is going to be a success. Obviously, we want six points out of the two games. That would be even better. Um, but you now have the opportunity to go back to uh, globally McDonald's and say, look, what they've done in little old Adelaide, we have the ability now to influence not just the A-leagues, but bigger sporting codes around the world. Tomorrow's impact is bigger than we can even imagine, and we haven't even got to that point yet. 100%, and, and even the lead-in, it was spoken about before in terms of what this means. You know, we, we've started, obviously, to work through our crew and our managers on our social um, platforms within our in, internal um, restaurants and the excitement is genuine. There is a lot of excitement about what we, what the brand stands for and, and being able to be a part of something like tomorrow and you're right, then we go and start to continue the conversation after tomorrow to be able to talk about what Adelaide have been able to do, the excitement and our crew and our, and our managers feel connected with not only the brand but also feel like we care. Um, as a business, and so that that is that is critical, and the the feedback we've been getting internally has only been positive from our crew and our managers. So that there is genuine excitement about tomorrow. Just finally, uh, for you, Romy, we uh, celebrated the fact that Flinders University was on the front of our shirt over 12 months ago because we we know the commercial reality. We we thrive and appreciate the support we get from our commercial partners. Um, Probably this time last year, you weren't, you weren't thinking about seeing Flinders University on the front of a shirt with the rainbow flag and things like that. So for you, how proud are you that you're going to see the players run out tomorrow with, with your brand alongside McDonald's in something that's really special and close to your heart? Uh, yeah, immensely proud that we're out there and we're showing that this is what we are as a university, as an organisation, you know, it makes your heart swell with pride. And I think also, you know, when you think about universities and the education, we've talked about the professional and how this might have a big impact, but let's think about grassroots as well. We have students going out to schools, we have clubs within our university, and this is about that nurturing students, nurturing children into sport, knowing that the future for them means that there's a safe space for them to be involved and part of this, which, which I'm very proud of, and I think that's, that connection with the university makes all the difference. Well, Romy and Alex, thank you very much for your time on the stage, and can you please put your hands together, representing McDonald's and Flinders University. That wraps up the formalities here today at Jackson Square. Uh, good luck tomorrow to both, I'll pay for that, um, the uh, A-League men's and women's teams against uh, Melbourne Victory and Central Coast Mariners.
please bring as many people as you can to Cooper Stadium tomorrow. It's going to be a brilliant celebration. And also that our A-League women's side are in scintillating form at the moment. We're not allowed to say the F word yet. Adrian Stent is not here anymore, but finals are very close. So it's a very important match. And then obviously um, our A-League men's side have a point to prove against Central Coast who are very angry about VAR, which thankfully there's no referees here today that I would get onto the stage. So tomorrow is more than football. This is what this whole club is about. It's being inclusive and celebrating so much diversity, which is becoming normal, which it should be anyway. If you get the opportunity to take your kids or your parents to the match tomorrow, you've got time to have a conversation with them when you're pointing to those rainbow flags. Make the most of it because this is what it's all about. So again, on behalf of the club, Nathan Cosmina, um, thank you for commercially being with us at Adelaide United on this journey to Comwire for putting this on. We'll see you tomorrow at the football. Fingers crossed, six points. Thanks for being with us here today.